Open up your ears and open up your mind They'll reach into your throat and pull out your spine And when the sun blows up and the earth is gone They'll still experience grind with Kyle and Sean Oh, I did the clap. <laughs> Nobody needs to do the clap. Nobody wants the clap, Kyle. Oh, man. Nobody Never in this in movie the history. wants the clap. No. Oh, God. <laughs> Ugh. Nobody in the history of time has ever been like, you know what I want? The clap. Man, you know how they used to cure venereal diseases back in, like, ancient London, classic London? Like, yeah, cut check your the dick off. times. No, they wouldn't do that. They thought that you cured venereal diseases by having sex with a virgin. So they would... Isn't that fucked up, dude? They <laughs> spread it so much more. That's awful. Yeah, oh, it's so terrible, dude. I'm surprised that we survive as a species, you know? Yeah. I mean, the fact that we've made it this far and, like, have allegedly landed on the moon is insane to me. <laughs> allegedly landed on the moon? Yeah, man. <laughs> it's a bunch of bullshit. Speaking of allegedly landing on the moon, dude, you got Destiny streaming? I did finally, yeah. I'm going to stream it tonight, too. Uh, two days late, if you're listening to this on Friday. <laughs> yeah, you should have been. No, it's Tuesday. Exactly. Three days. Should... Oh, yeah, three days. I'm not good at math, so. <laughs> I never I never claimed to be a smart man. The risk I took was calculated, but man. How's that been going? That's been pretty fun. I've only done a couple of small hour streams, but, you know, it's also just nice to be dipping my foot back into the streaming era or universe, I should say. You know, trying to, like we keep saying, make this year more positive. So I'm approaching streaming with a positive attitude. And so far, it's been going really well. That's really awesome, man. I'm excited for you that you were able to get this uh, up and running and you're able to do something that you really enjoy on there. It's pretty tight, man, and uh, it has been uh, so fun. And like I said, I'm going to do it some more tonight. Uh, Nightfall Grandmasters just launched this week, so hardcore content. Let's go, boys. Are you saving any of the VODs? Uh, they all, I automatically save them. Uh, I think they stay for a week or so, or even longer. I think they stay till like, uh, new ones come out, so. You know what I mean? Like, as you record, like, I think there's, like, a rolling stock of 25, the most 25 recent broadcasts, so. Okay. Well, I know, all I know is my charity stream um, is still on the VOD, so I wasn't sure if you were saving them. And if, which case, I'm going to toss, I'm going to toss you on when I'm going to bed. Oh, I'm going to toss nice, on your man. VOD and fall asleep to your dulcet, sultry tones. I saw, uh, speaking of... My dulcet sultry tones, and this has nothing to do with it. Bro, you got some runs in yesterday. Did you uh, not? Or was that uh, on the mountain? Did you not? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> runs of what? <laughs> and tones, what are we talking about? Yeah, I've been I've been a handful of times in the last week. For you sure. sent me the pic of you on the chairlift of your, uh, was that your work or your house? It yeah, was your work, well, right? I live like two blocks from I live like two blocks from work. So take wherever I was pointing and come Go like two, two blocks. blocks closer. But <laughs> it was easier to show you my building for work than it was sure, to try to it's pinpoint. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that nuts, dude? Just from the chairlift, I can turn around and be like, hey, home. That is pretty crazy. And like, I get why you go so frequently. It is literally right there in your backyard. 
So yeah, dude, it's I'm pretty gonna... epic. Uh, and it's been a pretty good time. Sarah really fucked herself up last week Oof. on the mountain. Like she went to the ho- uh, went to the doctors today just to see if anything was seriously wrong. She's had to wear a brace for the last week. Gosh, but on her knee what? or what? Uh, her knee. Yeah. Oof, the yeah. the skis. I don't think they were really tuned properly to like if you wipe out. They're supposed to just come off. So yeah. you don't get seriously injured. But man, I'm really bummed that I was so far ahead because I didn't get to see her eat shit. Oh. <laughs> Did I just I bombed down the hill and I like slowed down towards the bottom to turn around and just make sure she was doing all right coming down. And she was just like a flat mass. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? I like one ski was this way, once I'm like, Are you okay? And like, no, move it. I'm like, are you Uh-oh. seriously, are you okay? And you know, I got a little wave, but oh yeah. It She's was Roots the- Magutes. Hi, I'm okay. Did she, uh, has she been a skier before or is she checking out this um, winter thing with you? Like on and off when she was younger. Sure. Uh, but this is more of a reintroduction again anyways. So much like a lot of my friends, I, I think a lot of people are getting re back, getting back into it this year. Cause I've been mm-hmm. just seeing a bunch of people doing the same thing and hopping on the mountain. I'm like, awesome. You have a pass. Sweet. That's all connect. Uh, so I know Sarah took some runs down one of the beginner hills and it got to the point where I'm like, man, you're bombing by people. I'm going to take you to like the next one up and boy, oh boy, she let loose and ate it. (laughs) (laughs) That's usually the way, uh, it always went for me when I'd go, I'd do a couple of the bunny hill runs and I'd be like, all right, I'm warmed up and I'd get the big, start my first big hill and catch an edge and eat it and be like, all right, I'm going to go drink a hot coffee. (laughs) (laughs) basically how it is and my big my big thing is you know what you tested your limits for now and it's just going to you know work in those parameters until you get better and i tell that to anybody who's like getting trying to learn something or get better at something stay in your limits push it a little bit to see if you can get out of those limits but then reel it back in the nice thing about like snowboarding compared to skiing is that you're I feel like you're less likely to hurt a limb like your knee as badly. I mean, you could still like, of course, hurt your back or your neck, but the way that the board keeps you pretty rigid down there and like those boots, man, you are not breaking an ankle in those fucking boots. No. And that's a, <laughs> that's a big reason why I went to boarding over skiing. Yeah. I grew up yeah. skiing and a couple years ago, I'm sure you see back there or somewhere. Yeah, in the corner there, I got my skis underneath those lights back there. Sure. Um, but even just last time I went down a hill on those bad boys, I could just feel my ankles, my knees, anything like that. No, no, thank you. And I mean, I've already wrecked pretty hard on the board this year, but like it's a slam and your whole body twists. So, yeah, you wake up, your bats, backs all knotted up, your upper arm from like flat flailing around. <laughs> Yeah, just like smoke in the ground, you know, you'll lay out and just smoke your arms. But, uh, you know, it's nothing like the fear of snapping and like snapping an ankle or dislocating your knee. Fuck that, man. Mm. Yeah, I'm too old that, for like, that shit, dude. Exactly. I pop I, a knee out, I'm crippled for life. It's not going to go good. I, I think about this all the time. Like, I know so many people that played sports in like high school and shit. And like, they're so fucking hurt all the time now because of that shit i'm like i am so glad i was not a part of that yeah because that's like lifelong shit from skateboarding yeah. sure 
I know dudes just that like they're they're back like dudes younger than me that like they, they have the backs of like sixty year old men. Yeah, because like some of them Probably would be football like football players, dude. Football and like they do multi sports, so like their bat their bodies never got to rest. They'd like they'd play other sports in the off season. So like, yeah, man, those dudes are fucked up now, and I feel you know what? justified. That's what they get. Exactly. I feel justified in my couch potato video game life. Yeah, that's what you get for being an overachiever and probably mm-hmm. slaying so much poon, you know. Actually, I can't even say that because you're like <laughs> the, the band dude. That know, was all right. Just hooking up with everybody because you're cool. I, w- I was a big fish in a small pond. It was a good life. <laughs> <laughs> also, let's get back to the main point. Fuck all those jocks, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Screw them. They're jerks and oh. I hate them. Classism. Dude, you sent me a picture of classism. <laughs> Dude, you sent me a picture of like a little, the world's smallest little ski hill. Yeah. Like yeah. paired up next to, what was that? Like a driving range or it something? It looked like it. Yeah. I don't, I saw it on the golf subreddit and I was like, well, this is perfect for Sean and I. I have to send this to him. Jesus. I would go there in a heartbeat. Yeah, I, I would, would get incredibly bored of that mountain after like seven minutes. Sure. But and then you come down. Then we come down and we go hit balls together till we get bored of that. And then we go back to the mountain. It's beautiful. Oh, it is the gift that keeps giving. <laughs> I'm sorry. The hill. <laughs> the, there is That was not a mountain. There that was, was like, not a mountain. No. Yeah. I swear every kid who had a bike growing up who's like our age had a hill that was bigger than that that they dreaded biking up. Oh, biking up. Yeah. Yeah. They're cool to go down, but man, it sucks. Were you uh were you a walker kid where like you just hop off and push your bike up the hill? Fuck no, I ain't no bitch. Oh man, I was fully on a walker. But I didn't have uh I didn't have a mountain bike. Were you a mountain bike kid or did you have like a a sports bike? I had a mountain bike. I have yeah, a street see, bike now, but That's what I, I had, had a street a, bike? Uh, I had a Haro Flatlander. Oh, oh, like a BMX bike. Uh-huh, but still, I didn't have gears, you know what I'm saying? So, like... Yeah, I thought you were talking about, like, a road bike, and I'm like, man, it's so much easier to go up in no, yeah. with a road bike. It probably would have been if I had one, but no, that's what it's, I had, like, yeah, a BMX bike. And mine Dude, was designed no one... specifically for, like, flatland-like uh, tricks. Yeah. Man, I... I do not envy you in having to try to ride that up a hill. Like, riding a mountain bike up a hill sucks balls, dude. Mm-hmm. Balls. Like, those things weigh 100 pounds. Yeah, dude. I went biking uh, with some co-workers once, and uh, they all had road bikes, and I had my fucking mountain bike with, like, oversized tires to boot, because I, I bought it. I bought it at, like, a bike auction. <laughs> I thought it was going to be, like, a nice leisurely ride, dude. It was like, all right, what was crazy is that we rode... Eventually, we rode from my little house in Bloomington all the way out to Mandy's dad, who lives out in the fucking country. And, like, when I realized, like, I was out there by his house, we literally, they biked past it. I was like, all right, guys, I'm stopping here. And I, like, pulled into my father-in-law's driveway. And then I called Mandy and had her come pick me up. Here, you're saying it's a nice leisurely thing. And the thing on a road bike... Like, 25 miles an hour is, like, a leisurely pace, you know? Yeah, dude. It's just, it like, nuts. you get hauling on that. You on your mountain bike, five minutes in, you're huffying and puffying. Get it? It's a bike joke. <laughs> I had a huffy, too, as a kid. <laughs> I had the huffy that, like, you'd step backwards, and that was your brakes, and I loved to, like, jam on those and slide it sideways. Ah! Oh, that shit oh, was so yeah. badass. 
Dude, I was super disappointed having a mountain bike that when you started to backpedal, it would just go. I know. I wasn't used to that. I was like, man, I really want one of them cool ones that you'd go back and it just goes. Yeah. I had so many like bald spots on my back tire from doing that. I bet, dude. You get sliding sideways. Man, you ain't got no drifting tires. (laughs) Fuck, man, I miss being a kid. That was good times. Yeah, same. Uh, But now we're adults and we suck. But we can also eat tacos whenever we want. That's you true. know, I was I was talking to somebody the other day. I got to ask you, Ashley, holy shit, this somehow ties into the movie. Um, this was completely unintentional. But nice. I was out with some friends at a comedy show the other day, and we were talking about, like, somehow we got into the subject of Chinese food. Yeah, Matt, I had Chinese food last night. Fuck yeah, dude. And Matt... <laughs> started like complaining that Noel with Chinese food will just look at a menu and be like, I want this, 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 and this. And next thing you know, they have a full table spread full of food. I'm like, man, that's heaven. You have yeah. leftovers for so many days and you can mix and match and it'd be awesome. Apparently one, he doesn't like leftovers and two, he like is super particular about when he eats Chinese food. And this blew my mind because for me, Chinese food, is the one thing I can eat Chinese food every day. If, yeah. if you were like, Sean, you want to go grab Chinese food? I don't care if I've had it for the last week. I'm telling you, yes. Mm-hmm. It's either tacos or Chinese food. I will always say yes. And so being in that situation where I was like, really? You just, you have to be in the mood for Chinese food? What? I get it. I don't get it because I'm not that way. I'm like you, dude. It's like, uh, hey, you want to go get more Chinese food? Fuck yes. Mandy yes. is, she's also got to be in the mood. So like, what? usually when I get Chinese food, it's because I've asked like three other times, like, hey, you want to get Chinese tonight? And it's like, no. And then eventually she's like, all right, well, you've been asking a lot. <laughs> Let's get Chinese. I will say that's still to me the thing I missed most during the pandemic was that like China buffets just went away. Um, I think they're they're back now, although I still haven't been to one forever. We haven't, we never had a good China buffet around here. Yeah. We had like the Grand Buffet, but I'm pretty sure that was just a front for like a drug enterprise because the sure. food sucked. Sure. Food sucked <laughs> so bad. Even like, <laughs> dude, I would see older people out with their kids and I'd be like, man, you really hate your kids that much? Yeah. You know? The, so um, like the Grand Buffet, I've never heard of it. I'm assuming it's more of like, a generic cafeteria type buffet where you can just they've got yeah. like yeah it's trash it was it was really bad it, dude it had like macaroni and cheese yeah and the okay shittiest chicken figures like it had everything mm-hmm. and the it's fact like, that the place still exists is more like gives me more credence to the fact that it is absolutely the front front to a Chinese slash like. Yakuza Enterprise. Oh, so is it a specifically a Chinese buffet? It's not just an American buffet? Oh, no, it's a Chinese buffet. Oh, okay, I got you. But they call it the Grand Buffet. I thought yeah. you were impl- saying it was like a, a Shoney's or an MCL cafeteria type place. I don't know what either of those things meant, but no. <laughs> so those are also buffet eateries. Uh, you know, have you been to like a Golden Corral? Nope. All right, so these all, they're all, they're like a China buffet, buffet, but it's for American food. Yeah. 
Old Country Buffet was the shit. I could tell you exactly what I would get every single time. Let's hear it, man. What's your, what's your go-to? Okay. I would go straight to the carving station. Okay. Sure. Okay, because they, they had the carving station. Number one, that's a classy joint. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. And they're wearing like chainmail gloves. Mm, you know it's good <laughs> stuff, right? And so I would sit there and let them slap a piece of meat after a piece of meat. Dude, I would stand there like this, just holding out my plate. Now you can see it. I would just be holding out my plate. Like, I wouldn't take that away until he had like a pound and a half of beef on that Ooh. thing. And then I would go find the French fries and I'd mm-hmm. cover that plate in French fries. And then I'd go find the beef gravy and cover everything in beef gravy. Okay. And then I'd do that another two times. And then I'd go get a mean salad <laughs> with Would you get- French dressing. Okay. You're a French dressing guy. Okay. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm a ranch slash, uh, I like, uh, no, I guess I like French. Is French the red one? Yeah, buddy. I got yeah, a French thing of that right. in my fridge right now. Mandy likes French a lot. I like uh, I like Caesar dressing. It's got anchovies in it, you know. I am well aware. Mandy didn't know till I told As her. As someone who works with food and yes. Oh, you work with food? So that must mean that you love the public, right? No. <laughs> no. Again, ties into this movie. This movie was the greatest. I know, man. This is fantastic. Uh, like I said, I, I haven't seen a movie more suited for the uh, the service industry since Waiting. Mm. I didn't have yeah. much of a service-leaning career. I did do it some. I worked, uh, obviously, at the movie theater as a kid. And then I also worked in the grocery store when I was, like, 18 for a couple years. And, yeah, I, I mean, that sucks, man. People are fucking assholes, dude. <laughs> They can be, dude. Yeah. And like, I, dude, I've got to say, I've got it lucky because my customer base isn't awful. It's really sure. not, especially with my location. I know some of my more like where I was today for work down in South County, those locations, just everyone there is a snooty asshole. Mm. And I don't have to deal with that. Like everybody where I am is dope. Every now and again, you'll get a bet. Excuse me, uh, hiccups. Uh, you'll get a bad egg. And sometimes you'll just be sitting there being like, man, you're fucking stupid. You are <laughs> such a dumbass. Yeah. But, you know, generally, I don't know. We just don't attract those kind of people. And if they <laughs> do, if they do come in, I have no problems, like, kind of making their experience uncomfortable enough that they don't want to come back. Get the f- I love that phrase of, like, I'll never come back here again. Good. Sweet. I don't fucking want you here. Dude, I had that happen over the summer. Where some it was something so stupid that happened. And uh it, he was leaving. And I'm like, okay, dude. Just you know what? Just don't even bother coming back. Like nice. there's no point. Don't bother coming back. And he heard that and he flipped and he came back in and he said something. And I'm like, dude, I don't care. Just go mm-hmm. away. Yeah. I don't care. Don't make me no trespass you. Don't make me call the cops. Like, just go away. Mm. We're I loved love th- enough that your stupid little opinion's gonna mean yeah. shit. I love I've never seen you before. That that think that you're gonna be so especially as like the minimum wage worker running the cash register, that you're gonna be so upset that somebody says that they're not gonna come back like Dude, I don't fucking care about this job. I don't care about you. Fuck you. I hope you don't come back. Yeah. 
And those are the people that like need to, I've realized those are the ones that need to be looked at the most because nobody will bat an eye to look at some 18 year old kid and tell them to go fuck themselves. It's like, you can clearly tell that this person's in high school and you're going to talk to them like that. And so I don't really put up with anybody treating my employees like that. So I'm pretty, uh, never seen you before. Don't care. Go away. I think it also is, uh, those people need to eat at this restaurant. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. They would gladly pay $1,400 for a table. Now, what I was seeing is that, uh, I guess that's, some people said that was pretty low, they thought, for this. I don't know. That seems pretty on par, I guess. I guess you could. Was it per table or per head? I think it was per head. It was $12.50 per head, which seems fairly, because I know, dude, I worked, I used to be in a band with a dude that, like, he got this crazy tax return one time and he him and his dinner his like girl, I think they're married now, they like blew it all on like this crazy fancy dinner. And I think he said with like it was like a five course meal for the both of them and he had crazy drinks all night. He said Easily it was like hundreds. It was like sixteen hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. And this guy That's- is not like of the upper echelon. This was like he just blew his tax return on this one meal one time. But there are like seriously People like the old couple that eat at shit like this on a daily basis, and it's nothing to them. And it's absolutely nothing. And this is on its own private island. They yeah. take a ferry here, and like whoever's working there is living in a military barracks style situation. Yeah, like, that's it what is, I. It is a dedicated <laughs> thing. That was the first thing that I was like, "All right, what the fuck? This is not what I thought it was going to be. What's going on here?" Well, let's let's get into this. What sure. what did you think this movie was gonna be? Uh, so we're talking I assumed, about the menu, everybody. Yeah, we were talking about the menu. Um, I I did not do any research in this movie. I didn't watch a trailer. Just based off of like the limited information, I was assuming uh, he was killing people and feeding them to other upper rich socialite class people, sort of like a Patrick Bateman esque thing. And it's a lot less of that and a lot more of Aerosmith's Eat the Rich, which I was fully on fucking board with. Mm -hmm. This movie was awesome. I did not expect it to pop my uh, collectivism boner like it did, but woo, buddy. Man, I feel like uh, everybody that I've talked to went into the movie expecting it to be more like what you just described. Mm-hmm. Like, they assume there's going to be some cannibalism, like, you are the menu. Like, I think that tagline got misinterpreted Which, insanely, but I think it's I'm good. glad that yeah. it did. Exactly. I like, think it's better going in, having what you think is going to be, and then as it slowly starts to shift and you come into focus of, like, what's really happening, which is about uh, the fourth course. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, are you talking yeah. about the mess? The mess, yeah. Yeah. When I saw the mess, we'll get into like the courses here shortly, but when I saw the mess, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. And I thought that constantly through this movie. Because like you, I didn't see a trailer. I didn't have an idea of what this was until I went to pull it up on HBO because we had just watched Glass Onion. I'm like, man, I kind of want to watch another movie. And on her Apple TV, like, 
the menu popped up. And I had heard a, from a couple of people that it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. So I went to HBO and just in the um, how it describes it, it describes it as a dark comedy. Yeah. Which dark horror comedy, whatever. I'm like, OK, um, I'm not entirely sure where this is going to lead. But going into it, I had no idea. Ralph Fiennes is great. So I was already I, I was setting in for it. I. I know I'm in the very minority of saying I don't like Anya Taylor-Joy. I cannot stand to even look at her. I don't think she's attractive in the slightest. Sure. Um, uh, I think she's she looks unique like a goldfish. So I could definitely see that. I think she's unique looking. I do enjoy her, and I think she's a great actress, so I don't mind her. Mm. Um, but I could definitely see being off. That's the risk you take with having a unique face, but I think that's what makes actors interesting. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? It was even a couple of years ago. I'm like, wow, I like the look of her. And I think the more that I've seen her in things, the less I've liked her face, which feels so mean to say, like, like, I don't mean that in a mean way. I just don't. Okay, there's no way that I can dig myself out of this. So I'm just going (laughs) to end it there. But I went into this movie knowing nothing about it. And just multiple times, like as the movie goes on, I feel myself liking everybody in the movie less and less and less. And you're already designed to hate the air quotes boyfriend Tyler there. Sure. Um, because obviously that changes air quotes. Duh. Uh, right off the rip. You're not supposed to like him, but you don't mind everybody else. And as it goes on, you like them less mm-hmm. and less and less. And by the end of the movie, I'm like, just just kill them all. You know, just kill them all. <laughs> so, uh, do you have any qualms or reservations that in, uh, like, just in a slight variation of it, we would be on the menu of this as critics of film and video games? <laughs> like, because, I mean, on one part of it, you're you're on that side of it, but when we're when you rotate a little bit, we're both on this other side of it too. You know what? I think that that's a fascinating way of looking at it. But I posit this: How many times have we watched and talked about a movie and ended it by saying, "Don't watch this. Never mm-hmm. watch this. That, this was awful." That is the dip. Like we are, we look for a lot of the positives in the work. We don't set out to intentionally shit on. And I think we've still yet to fully shit on anything. The the thing that you and I both haven't liked is Malignant. And even we had some things that we did like in Malignant. Yeah, so, that fight scene was dope. Fight scene Ultimately. was dope. The, the creature design was cool. I thought, you know, but we're not here to talk about Malignant. But yeah, I think there's criticism and then there's like criticism. Like we yeah. are not Lillian whatever, the pretentious ass bitch in this movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's criticism and then there's being an asshole. Mm -hmm. Like you can be a critic and hold something to a very high standard and also not put people out of work. You know, and that's that's the difference here. And as the the layers of this glass onion got peeled back as the movie went on, Mm -hmm. you started to see more and more of each of these um, each of these diners being more and more exposed to you. In you liking them less and less. I think there was only one table that 
I didn't like dislike, which was John Leguizamo's table. It was it was a little unfortunate that he was uh, he was killed because the chef didn't like the movie. <laughs> yeah, like that was the only yeah. reason he was killed, and that was the only weird thing. But you know what? That I believe I think. I actually, now that I think about it, I like that because that gives him a life outside of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And in the and as he describes it, the one Sunday that he had to himself to do anything, he chose to watch his movie, mm-hmm. and it was awful. And that's where I think that table especially is where a lot of the black comedy comes into it because he also has the. I laughed out loud when the the assistant was like, "Well, you're not going to kill me," and he's like, "Where'd you go to college? Brown? Jeff student loans? No, you're dead." <laughs> <laughs> I also like. I laughed out loud when she went, "I've been stealing from you," and he goes, "I know." <laughs> she goes. She goes. I know that you know. <laughs> just this back and forth that just i couldn't help but smile even though it was like one of the most unfortunate conversations you could hear hear from somebody i couldn't help but smile out loud you know yeah smile out loud i like that um but this movie is basically the story about about how someone could love so much about what they want to do. They want to feed the world. They want to take a lot of pride in that. They want to give, give, give. But then there's always people out there that will just suck all of the life and all of the joy out of what you love to do. And there are people that feed on that. And unfortunately, it's a lot like in real life when you will always hold criticisms you will always remember those way more than you will remember the good things that are said about you. Yeah, unfortunately, and but so, that's true. Well, unfortunately, this is a chef who serves seven-course meals that all have this grand story behind them. And guess what? The story of this one is you're going to die. <laughs> that's and the, the story of this, this is how you ruined his life, and now he's killing you. Yeah, and, uh, you know... It's hard to say. Does it, it's fucking crazy, man. It it does some weird things. It does some fun stuff. But like I said, overall, like uh, I'm gonna be weirdly. I'm fully on board with the message. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Hard for me to have sympathy for people that can afford a twelve hundred and fifty dollar dinner plate. So it's really hard, I think, to also watch this movie and. I don't know, like, I can see how some people might be conflicted about it and be like, oh, you know, this these guys are dying and or whatever. But, like, the dual storytelling between him, his pain, the all of the chefs in the back coming out telling bits of their story, and just, like, they have no will to live anymore, and it's mainly in part to, like, everybody that's in this room, or they are figuratively... Or metaphorically, you know, some part of that. It's so <laughs> hard to feel bad for anybody in this movie. Yeah, I thought it was like, so it, it definitely has also this crazy cult leader vibe. Because, yeah, the chef runs all this. Yep. And then you have all these other just like 
normal everyday people chefs that are so bought into it that they're like willing to die with it. It's it's very midsummer, which is crazy, and it's got a uh, it, this is it the goes first... all over the place. Yeah, that was the first thing that I thought of when I finished this movie. I was oh. like. I'm going to, much like Midsummer, I'm going to think about this movie for the next couple of days, if not like the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still, do, almost every day, I've thought about this movie in some form or fashion. And it's not just because customers are assholes or whatever, but I just keep getting, you know, glimpses back at it. Whether it's like thinking about that that critic. So one of the dishes is, uh, it's what did they call it? It bread was without the bread? Breadless bread plate. Yeah. So it's basically all the uh all of the things that you would assume come with bread, but then it's got all of the different garnishes, whether it be oils or aiolis or pestos and stuff like this. But it's just all of those aiolis and oils and pestos, no bread. Right? And the one thing that the critic Jillian notices in this movie is that the oil is separated. Mm-hmm. One of the dressings is separated. But you know what? That is purely by design because he knew that she was going to bitch about it. Mm-hmm. So throughout the course of the movie, they keep bringing her bowl <laughs> after bowl of this broken dressing. And it gets to bigger. To the point where the first time it was like funny. Yeah. But by the last time, it's horrifying because they're doing it to mock her and be like, this is why you're dying. Well, and they also like, did it like immediately after uh, they brought her the giant, the second bigger bowl after the dude shoots himself in the mess. Like, and she's still reeling from that. And then out of they just come up and bring her a bigger bowl, and they're like, "Another broken emulsifier for you, ma'am." And she's like, "What the fuck is happening?" Yeah, because she's standing by the whole thing, like, "Oh, this is a performance. He's so great at it, whatever he's doing." But a dude literally shot himself. Mm-hmm. The name of that course was the mess. Went out, explained that he's never going to be held to the same standard as Julian would. So what's the what's the point? He doesn't want to do this anymore. He's ruined his entire life, lost everyone he knows. What's the point? Mm-hmm. And shoots himself in front of everybody. Dude, this movie was so fucking good. It keeps you like perfectly in the tension level like once you start to come around to things that are happening uh it's just you sit in it waiting for the next shoe to drop and like i when that part was happening i was convinced that the chef was gonna like cut his throat or something i did not expect that's what i thought it was gonna do yeah and then again they just they they take it and they flip it on you because he just pulls a fucking revolver out and blasts himself yep and as a story that starts with julian really being the one that's introducing all of these courses, it starts to deviate from that um, right after the chicken tacos with the scissors in it, Mm -hmm. uh, which was, I think, a really clever way of really pulling us into actually what's happening. Yeah. Because all of the house-made tortillas were uh, were printed on with kind of little hints as to why everybody was there, whether it be, you know, that group of younger dudes were you know siphoning money or this old dudes hiring hookers or not uh, only hookers or or tyler who is so obsessed with food 
that he will take pictures of the food even when they say, don't take pictures of the food. You know, so the picture that he took is printed on his own tortilla. Um, about that scene when the chicken came out with the scissors in it after he told the story of stabbing the guy in the leg with yeah. the scissors. And he's like, I should have cut his throat. As an adult looking back, I should have cut his throat. I'm like, this movie's about to hit the fucking fan. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it makes you the- very uncomfortable. Like, you were there. It was perfect at that. Because it, it comes out of nowhere when he starts talking about all that shit with his stepdad. Because the other explanations, like, all right, so the bread one was kind of, he was, like, calling him a dick to their face. But you're like, okay. But then, like, when that happens, and then he's such a fucking semantic little prick that he puts the a little pair of scissors in each chicken breast, too. Like, it's the meat of the thigh. And then... After the mess, man, when he brings, like, everybody serve, like, a, a bone with the meat in it, and it's just so fucking on the nose, and you're just so uncomfortable. Yeah. The the mess, so that's that's the mess course, which is, it's basically the dude who shot himself. Mm-hmm. He shot himself, and you are now being served him, metaphorically. And then, from there, you get the pot of tea, which is the calming, the calming little cup of whatever it's to draw them back down before shit really hits the fan because the very next one is going to be man's folly where the they take everybody outside and the woman chef Catherine is like julian tried to fuck me like nine times and i ignored him so he stopped talking to me for eight months it was humiliating and you know what this dish is just for the women guys try to escape this was so great and that you said that this was kind of like a cult, but when Catherine's inside and she, sta- of course, stabs Julian in the leg and he just takes it because he's going to fucking take it, right? He's almost owning up to his mistakes and absolving himself of past sins mm-hmm. to be able to find himself to go out on his own sacrifice. It's crazy. There's so many layers. But as she's inside with the women, and they're all like, wow, this is so delicious. You are so great. And she starts crying. And they're like, nobody has to die. She's like, well, it's funny because it was actually my idea for everybody to die. Yeah. Yeah, she was crying. Like, and everybody, What the fuck? I like that part. She was crying and everybody was like trying to play into it to like play into her sympathy. And then she's like, oh, no, actually, this was all my idea. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all oh, like, man. fuck. Uh, another funny note about that one. Did you notice... That the food critic lady also smoked cigarettes with Anya Taylor Joy. No. Yeah, and why did they say that that ruined your palate? And the food critic oh, lady yes. is the lady that got people's restaurants shut down because she doesn't have the fucking palate. She's a fucking oh. bitch that ruined people's lives without even having the credibility. Oh, dude, what a good eye. Because I only noticed her smoking three times. At the beginning of the movie, Mm -hmm. when Tyler starts ragging on her her. for that. And then the second time when she's in the bathroom smoking and Julian comes in and like one of the creepiest scenes. Okay, for a movie that is about this, that was, I think, the creepiest scene out of this entire movie. Which was like, it's so weird to look back and think that. And then at the end, when she's on the boat. Those yeah. are the only three. No, yeah, she she was also smoking uh, when they're standing outside with the men after the men are run off uh, before they usher them in. 
I think either there or when they're sitting at the table. But uh, she smokes with her. Which, another thing that I found fascinating, I read on, it was probably Screen Rant, that another um, fascinating part about men, man's folly is they were given the opportunity to try to escape. And this also symbolizes the their willingness to abandon their com- companions mm-hmm. if it is their chance to survive. They don't even think twice. Except for Tyler, because yeah. he's fucking weird. But... That's going to get revealed right now because the next dish is Tyler's bullshit. Which was a great one, too. That was such a great title. <clears throat> and Chef gives away why Tyler's there. Apparently, Tyler had been allowed to hang out with him for like the past eight months. Which is so weird that he's so hyped to do this dinner because you figure he has eaten all of this stuff by this point. He's just a foodie. He thinks that this is going to be an everything that he does is a new experience. Um which is weird because Julian also questioned the older couple, uh, the guy who cheated on people and got his finger cut off. Again, like this movie is insane. He's like, name one dish. You came here seven mm-hmm. times in the last year. Name one dish that you've had here. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe he changes it. Maybe he doesn't. But it is revealed that Tyler knew this entire time that everyone was going to die. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that knew. And uh, so Margot's her name. What was Anya's, what was she going by? Margot is what is she goes by. Her real name was Aaron. Okay. So Margot's what she goes by. She wasn't even originally supposed to be here. No. Tyler was supposed to come with like some ex or whatever. That fell through. So he hired Margot, who, surprise, surprise, is a call girl. Mm-hmm. And guess what? She doesn't belong here because she's not like the other people. She's not Mystic a taker. Brought up. She's a giver. Yeah, exactly. She is a giver. She's like everybody in the kitchen. She is there to give out the pleasures of life to other people. And that's how she makes a living. And this is immediately in that scene that I just referred to where she's smoking in the bathroom. That's where Julian, it clicks. He's like, why are you not eating? Why are you here? You do not belong here. Yeah. And this keeps getting repeated to who are you? You don't belong here. But the shoe doesn't drop until he tells her, well, you belong with us. This is up to you, but you belong with us. Okay. Now he gives her until the end of the next dish to decide. It's now revealed that Tyler knew all along that him and whoever he brought was going to die. Yeah. And that causes Margot to lose her shit. She punches him in the mouth for sure. And then... Oh. I also... <clears throat> I think... <clears throat> excuse me. Tyler was so uh, pretentious that I don't think he thought Chef was going to actually kill him. I think he thought that he was on the inside crew. And uh, I don't think he fully grasped what was really happening. He was so enamored with the chef and being in his presence that he wasn't even really paying attention to what the danger he was truly in until, you know, the spotlight gets cast on him. And I think a lot of that is also really up to interpretation as well, because you, you learn that a lot of, a lot of what he spews is just things that he thinks he knows. Mm -hmm. Like, when he's taking a picture of something and he's trying to like describe what something means and it makes no fucking sense. And he's just saying words and yep. the words that he thinks he knows what it means 
until Julian calls him up to make an impromptu meal. And he goes, well, you know all about this stuff. What, what do you want? Oh, lamb chops? or Lamb? Awesome. Shallots? Okay. Butter and onions? Wow. That's going to be a really inspired dish. <laughs> and I love how it appears on the screen because every dish has its title on the screen and underneath it, what's in it. Yeah. Undercooked, undercooked lamb, uninspired, whatever. And uh, yeah, um, basically, Chef Julian expresses how displeased he is and whispers in his ear. And uh, Tyler goes out back and hangs himself. He does say something to him. It's also, uh, I think it's another commentary on like, Tyler's, again, he's sort of like, uh, technically, you and me, we are fans of film. We know a lot about film, how films are made and the things that go into it. But you and I have never even attempted to make a film. We have no idea what really goes into it. We we think we know, and to a degree, we kind of do. But like Tyler, we don't know how to put all of these things together. And if we tried to make a movie or a game, it would look like Undercooked Lamb and this bullshit. <laughs> So I think it's another nice meta commentary on the viewers of movies themselves because so many of us are fans and we like to get involved and know things that go into them and all these little facts. But yeah, we couldn't do it to save our lives and neither could Tyler. Nope. Absolutely not. Um, From here, Margot kind of is is pulled into actually being part of the crew. And I, I'm not sure if at this point uh, she thinks if she can go along with this, maybe she can survive, even though it's been pretty explicit that everybody, like everybody's dying. Mm-hmm. But she becomes, comes on as kind of like his right hand woman, which does not please the, uh, I, I don't know what her name was, but basically the maitre d' of the island and, the maitre d' of this restaurant, uh, because you have Margot who has who knows nothing about cooking, so she just assumes that he's kind of replacing her. Yeah, Elsa is her, her name. Elsa, yes. Uh, and so uh, she gets sent on a mission to uh, go get a barrel. Well, she goes off the beaten path and goes to Chef's house, which nobody's allowed in. Which, guess what? It's just a replica of the fucking restaurant, which was so weird. It was very weird, and I'm assuming that's where they practiced all of these. But yeah, it was super weird. So weird. She gets into the secret room where it shows like his private study where he used to be so proud. He started off as a burger flipper and blah blah which ends up saving her life, and she has, has to kill Elsa. Man, oh. This movie's just so good. And it cuts back to some uh, a little com- comic relief where uh, one of the three douches is getting a birthday cake. Uh, he's like, did you guys really tell him that it's my birthday? Yes. If It felt like it was kind of funny in the beginning. Uh, right now, it's not so funny. He's like, yeah, at the time, it was funny. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that part was great. There is a lot of comedic moments in this movie, more than I anticipated, especially after old dude offs himself to really change the tone. There's still some funny stuff later on, so. Yeah. Um, I like 
sprinkled through this movie, there's so many great little hints as to what's coming up. Like when she's in the bathroom and she's peering out the window and she sees two people walking by with angel wings. You're like, well, what the fuck is even going on with two things of angel wings? Well, there's a plan for that as the owner of the island. Guess what? They got him and they kill him in the ocean. Like that was a really horrific scene that also set the tone for what was to come. (laughs) And it just happens so slowly, and you know what's going to happen. And, like, I liked it, too, because uh, I'm assuming he's, like, some sort of drug, kingpin, drunk launderer, because he's associated with three investment bros that are also pieces of shit. And they keep saying, don't you know who we are? And don't you know who he is? Like, implying that he's a tough, dangerous guy. And then, like, all that's thrown out of the window, because he's already captured. And guess what? He's dying, too, motherfuckers. And he doesn't even get to so- eat. So I think that makes them even less likable because they kept saying that. They're like, don't you know who we work with? Mm -hmm. And he corrects them and goes, no, who you work or she, Elsa corrects them. No, who you work for. Yeah. They try to be like these big boss guys when really they're just siphoning money from the company and their boss owns the island. They're like, like these guys are nobodies, but like big shots at some, I guess that doesn't make them nobodies, but Whatever. They're it still just no makes bud. them yeah. so much more unlikable yep. than it's like, surprise, motherfucker. They're all, they all are pieces of shit. Uh, and I, I, so remembering back, I think that's why he doesn't like John Leguizamo's character because he is an artist. He's an actor, but he gives up on the art of acting and just takes the cheap, shitty, quick movie money just to get whatever. And he doesn't care about Dr. Sunshine. He just wants to do whatever. And apparently, uh, funny fact, this role was originally written with Daniel Radcliffe in mind, and the movie was Victor Frankenstein, which is a huge piece of shit movie. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But uh, I think they kind of changed it because they didn't think, like, Daniel Radcliffe was old enough to have become jaded. And he's not. He's done so much better shit after that terrible movie. So Right. But they, I like that they were going to have it as a real-world character. That's probably another reason they changed it, but... Right it's on. Still, it's uh, but uh, where are we so, we're at man's folly. Yeah, so we've already passed. We've already passed oh, uh, Tyler's bullshit, which was next, and then you got birth ca- birthday cape, and then you come upon the supplemental course. Yep, which is just a cheeseburger. A cheeseburger. Margot has eaten nothing. She has been insulted by everything that's been put in front of her, mm-hmm. which she should be because that's the fucking point of it. And nobody else realizes that it's an insult because they expect this and so much more. Whereas she's just a simple person that's like, you're fucking insulting me. Give me food. Give me bread. Yeah. Give me something like $1,250 and we didn't even get any bread. What the fuck? And so after going to his house and seeing that he used to be so proud to be a cheeseburger, she goes from being a giver to someone who just, she orders a cheeseburger and gives him a little bit of the joy and passion back Mm -hmm. that he had in making a burger. She wanted just a shitty burger with cheese all of, you know, whatever you would go to a restaurant and order, that's all she wants. She doesn't Just want the bullshit. Those. Yep. 
she has a couple of bites and he makes it. And it is like the most exquisite scene of somebody making a cheeseburger, which is one of the most mundane things you can possibly do. But they somehow make it look incredibly good. And like the scene's appetizing and she takes a couple of bites and he's so happy and he is waiting for her approval. Nobody else does he give a shit about if they liked his food, but he cares what she thinks. Uh She wants to know this person who has not eaten a single thing tonight, how did I do on this burger? And she said, it was extraordinary. Can I get the rest to go? This beautiful touch. And guess what? She's let go. She is. She gets the food and she gets the food to go. It was beautiful. It was the perfect ending to her story. I, I loved it. It, it, it encapsulated it. It brought it around. She figured out the thing. She presented it to him and it made him happy. And I love that she got to go. I love the subtle little thing. She's like, actually, my eyes were a little bit bigger of my stomach. Do you think I could get this to go? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you can. She pays him like the ten dollars because it was nine ninety nine. She gets in the fucking the Coast Guard boat, which was another great little joke when the Coast Guard shows up. The best part of when the Coast Guard guy when the Coast Guard guy showed up was when he came in and was like, "Oh my god, John Leguizamo! I love that movie." The one that like he's literally being killed for. I loved it too. That so was such a great. Good. That was a little. T- and then the fact that that guy was in on it, so he said that just to make him feel better for that moment, and then crush it all else. Ah, such a fucking good dick move, man. It was. I really enjoyed Absolutely. this movie. I liked going into a blind. I am also going into one in two weeks from now into a blind too. So. Yeah. I've not watched any trailers. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Um, okay, we'll get to that too in, in a minute because yeah. I hope I put this up, I think, on my Twitter. Uh, hopefully last week we talked about enough that some listeners went ahead and watched this movie. Um, I, You know, we're planning a couple weeks in advance, so hopefully we can get some of you folks watching because this we got heavy into spoilers in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, not... Not to say that there isn't one more spoiler to come up, but uh, we'll get there in a hot second. But yeah, we uh, we got the next couple of weeks planned up. So please watch along with us, folks, so that you can experience these movies with us and then just kind of hang out with us as we chat about it. Damn right, y'all. Kyle. You want to chat about that last, uh, the last course here? Ah, uh, so the last course is the most midsummer of courses. It's so midsummer that they have like these little ceremonial outfits that they drape the people in. They have these sort of vests made out of marshmallows and these little uh, fezes made out of chocolate that they drop on them. And when that happens, you know what the fuck is coming. And uh, so, of course, uh, everybody gets set on fire as they're draped and surrounded by the makings of the classic American s'more. And they all get burnt the fuck up, similar to Midsummer. Um... Not as creepy as Midsummer's scene, though. I will say that. Cause I yeah. And Midsummer, the one guy that volunteers to kill himself, like once the flames hit him, uh, he was like, "No, this was a bad idea." Uh, that doesn't Just really happen in this screaming. one. Yeah. No. There was a point in this last scene because they're decorating the entire room. They're making it look like you would anticipate looking at a very fancy s'more on a plate. The whole plate's going to be designed. It's going to have swirls here. It's going to have splashes of, you know, melted marshmallow over here. 
um, you know, a dusting in the middle of the ground, huge, humongous marshmallows on the floor stuck to huge sticks. And, you know, the whole restaurant and the whole dining area is the plate here. Um, There is a point, I think, where this has been so mentally exhausting for everybody involved that that uh, the customers, I don't want to say customers, but the people who are about to die say thank you. Yeah. They they actually say thank you for just ending this moment. And he goes into this. This is so apropos because he describes the s'more as the shittiest dessert that you could possibly have. So guess what these folks are? They are the shittiest dessert. Yep. It's funny, too. Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched The Great British Bake Off, but on the last season, they make uh, they have the people make this really fancy s'more, and it's so, like, pretentious. It loses the appeal of a s'more, and I like that this one, they sort of juice it up, but it just becomes this messy mess of fire and marshmallow like it's supposed to be. It's funny. But I like that he calls it the shittiest dessert, too, because that's sort of what they all said in the... It's like, dude, you're you're making this way too fancy. It's it's a fucking s'more. <laughs> yeah, you can't fancify s'mores. No. It's it's processed chocolate. It's shitty, gelatinous sugar, mm-hmm. and what do you say? Like the over cardboard ass yeah. graham cracker. Exactly. So, but you know what? I also oh. fuck it. I love a s'more, man. I think they're great. They're fun. Man, yeah, I mean, they, they are good on a nice hot summer night, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's just like I do have those memories of that, but I'm never gonna have a s'more as like a post dinner, like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm not making it there, but if I'm at a campfire, I'm gonna try to make s'mores and yeah, you gotta eat it over the I fire too because that. that motherfucker's messy. I gotta ask you through this movie, could you figure out how anybody was getting out of this movie alive? <sighs> I mean, no. I I had to imagine. I didn't think Anya Taylor would die. I didn't know how she wouldn't, but I was like, she's got to be the girl that gets through somehow. Same. Yeah. Like you knew watching this movie, like she's got to survive, right? Yeah. There was a point where I just succumbed to the feeling, like, fuck it, everybody's dying in here. This is just a commentary piece, blah blah blah. And yeah, it is still just a commentary piece, but the fact that she survived the way that she did was just. Really incredible storytelling. It's wild, man. And the fact that Alton Brown <laughs> tweeted out saying that this is one of the funniest movies. Renowned chef, yeah. Alton Brown, said that this is one of the funniest movies he's seen in years. That was, really drives it home. That that was a funny, funny little line from him, too. Um, yeah, do you, I, I guess before we get into to scores buddy did you have like a favorite part it's a weird movie to have a favorite part i know but it is really hard to have a favorite part um <clears throat> man fuck man i i i can't say that i have a favorite part in this <laughs> there's i mean there there's parts that jump out to me like the revelation of the on the tortillas like what's printed on everybody's thing mm-hmm. And I think the revelation also that Tyler knew everything that was going to happen and also the fact that you're thinking about it and how like insane and how calm and how how, much of a piece of shit he is. Yeah. Yeah. And like the fact that he's not concerned about it at all. And that he just hired really like a hit. He hired some random girl knowing she was going to die. He didn't care about her at all. 
Yeah. He said, yeah, Tyler was a huge piece of shit. I really liked uh, when he asked the, the assistant where she went to college, and then he asked if she had student loans, and that's when he decided she was going to die. Um, that part made me laugh quite a bit. There was another good part, too. Um, fuck, I can't think of it at the exact moment. I like whatever connection, whenever Margot and Julian started to have, like, it's not exactly a connection because he's also, he is somebody who's going to kill everybody. Yeah. So he's not a good guy. And she also, like, doesn't want to die. So there's not a real connection there, but you can see the connection of com- commonalities yes. between the two of them. And, like, the fact when he starts to break down her character. I really enjoyed that. And mm. he he's like, you don't belong here. Mm-hmm. And like, he's breaking that down. I love that part to the point where he trusts her to just leave and go get this barrel of stuff that Elsa fucking forgot to get, even though she claims she didn't. Yeah. Oh, he didn't tell me to get it. You know, he lets her go because he trusts her enough to go do that because she's she's a giver, you know? She is a giver. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. It was. It was a. It was a wild time. I love the. I would have eaten everything on this menu though. I did want to try a lot of this food. I would like to eat fancy shit sometimes. So we'll see. Oh yeah, dude. I. I absolutely. Especially since Sarah probably knows a bunch of people that could. Uh, actually, maybe she doesn't know a bunch of people, but she's like, "Have you ever done something like this?" I'm like, "Only at galas." You yeah. Know, I've done like a a really high end you know, five course kind of thing with wines being paired with certain things, which uh, is another thing we never touched upon. Like all oh, of this, the sommelier, all yeah. of the dishes are paired with wines and Margot's character is just like, I don't give a fuck. Like yeah. what is happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's the only one that's like, what the fuck? Yeah. But uh, I definitely want to do something like this soon. Uh, not, on an island where I'm secluded, but yeah, I would do. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, sure. I don't. But uh, if I called the cops, I wanted them to show up in the next ten minutes. Yes, exactly, and not be one of the chefs. I want it to be an yeah. actual cop. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a uh, a ranking system, buddy? Oh man, I don't currently. I've got one. I can, I can start think of one. If you have one, I can start one. I'm gonna take the easy sure. one. Actually, no. Okay, I'll take the I'll take the other one, and if you want this one, you can take it. So, Sean, okay, yo, if I was a psychopathic chef, and I brought you as if a breadless bread plate that had eight different spreadable dips on it that you could put on this breadless bread. Uh, how many of those dips would you consume, Sean, on a scale of one to eight? Dude, oh man, what did I give glass onion? Man, I don't know what I gave glass onion, but looking back, I should have given glass onion, if not like a perfect score, like a half a point off. I think you were pretty high on it. Yeah, I really have a hard time faulting anything in that movie. And I have a really hard time faulting anything in this movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't leave this movie questioning whether or not I liked it like I did with Midsummer, mm-hmm. But I had a lot of the same feelings that I had with Midsummer, And I knew 
that it was going to be the same kind of thing where it was going to stick with me. There was a lot of meanings to a lot of things. And that goes, that goes a long way, man. I, I love this movie. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't mind watching this again. Like I, I could watch it again, but like, there's no sense in doing it and possibly tarnishing what I thought was a perfect viewing of it. I'll give this eight spreadable dips to spread on my uh, breadless plate. And I, you know, dude, I'll just take that knife and just spread them all together. I'll make a really artistic <laughs> line in a swoop. Okay, nice. I, I love this movie. I don't understand... I did like type in the menu on Twitter and read some people's opinions. And while I won't like fault anybody for not liking it, mm-hmm. it does make me wonder what they do for work. Sure. That they might not have ever thought something like this or can't relate to it in some way. Because mm-hmm. this is definitely like how people think about how people treat service people like shit. Yeah. Or anybody who provides a service like shit. But obviously cranked up to 110, you know? To a much more extreme level, for sure. Um, yeah. Okay, Kyle. Yeah, buddy. If you were if you are part of this movie, right, and you are brought outside and you just watch this chef get stabbed in this leg by this lady who rightfully was very pissed at him for him being, having very sexual advances, possible sexual harassment, definite sexual harassment, like... That is unfair treatment. Didn't talk to her for eight months. Fuck that. That is un. That is so beyond fucked up. Mm-hmm. But you just watched this happen. He got stabbed in the leg, and he goes, "Guys, you will have a head start. You have five minutes to run and try to get away before these chefs come and get you." Kyle, you are one of those dudes. All right, you are the only dude. Okay. Somehow. Okay. 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 You ran, but there's. On a scale of one to 12 chefs, how many chefs would it take to pull you back to that restaurant? With 12 being the highest level of how much you like this. Okay. Man, t- I have no idea where I was just going with that. But I <laughs> uh, so, man, I tell you, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I think this movie hit everything. And I tell you what, one of my favorite things about it pre-watching it and then after watching it man this movie was one hour 47 minutes long it's not overly long it's not full of its own bullshit it has the message it gets in there we get along and it gets going and it fly i love that shit um i'm gonna go just a bit less i'm gonna say one of the dudes had a mishap and he got often cut in half but he found a skateboard and dragged himself along so like (laughs) 11 and a half chefs pull me back <laughs> but one yeah, is like a tucker and dale versus evil like incident in the woods yeah exactly but he still he, <laughs> he found a skateboard and he's pulling the upper half along on the skateboard and he's like grab my my pant leg so 11 and a half it's it's fucking great i had a a lot more enjoyment out of this movie and enjoyment's a weird word to say because of yes. the subject matter but you will laugh man you will laugh if you watch this movie you will laugh, and I think you'll come away from this movie not feeling like you wasted your time. Yeah. Like, I am 
I am so happy that I watched that movie and I never would have watched that movie ever. Like I had no ambitions of watching that. We movie, hadn't talked about I it just, at all. You just watched it and we're like, Hey, and I, I'd heard about it, but I wasn't in a rush to watch it, but now I'm glad I did. I didn't even know it was dark. I didn't think it was about cannibalism. I just thought it was going to be some like kitchen drama. And I'm like, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not going to sit down and watch that. But I'm glad that I saw it. It popped up on the screen, and I'm glad that we watched it. Hell yeah, man. Um, speaking of, and in our tradition, like we, we did with this movie, uh, we kind of have our next two weeks sort of planned out already. Do you want to give listeners a heads up so they can follow along with us? Sure. I think last week we talked about... We, well, I know last week we talked about Glass Onion, but I think it was mentioned that you were going to revisit possibly Knives Out. Mm-hmm. And uh, get a different thought pattern on it. Had Remind me, had you and Ryan talked about that movie? I don't believe we did a Knives Out episode. And if we did, awesome. it was before you, so it doesn't count anyways. Um, but I don't think we exactly. did Knives Out. I'm almost positive. Yeah, pre-Sean doesn't matter. Yeah, but, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, we'll be covering Knives Out. Sure and will. then following that is, uh, we're talking about pre-Sean. That's Ryan. Following that, we're going to be talking about one of Ryan's favorite 2022 movies, Barbarian. Yep. Uh, which I just watched two nights ago. I've heard nothing but good things, and I've also heard to not learn anything about it. So I have done very well at avoiding all spoilers for Barbarian on the internet. I was very blessed in that it was a sort of smaller indie release, so there's not a lot you got to go out of your way. It's not like when people were saying Snape kills Dumbledore or... Uh, Kylo yeah. kills Han, you know, where like, I'm, I'm not going to get Barbarian spoiled for me unless I go out and search for it. But I am looking very forward to checking it out. And especially knowing that it was one of Ryan's top movies. Uh, I, I like that dude's opinion and respect it. So I'm looking forward to checking this out, man. I am very excited. And much like uh, Kyle just said, go into that movie blind. Please do yourself a favor. Don't even don't look it up don't click on anything don't read social media about it don't anything i knew nothing about the story i knew nothing about the happenings of the movie you will thank me later going into it blind okay please so yeah so more so than this movie (laughs) so we got knives out and then barbarian coming up so and then i think at some point in february we've got to get uh mr lanham back on for a fuck it it's fincher february we got to start picking one of those out soon. So uh, there's some things coming up, everybody. Heck yeah. Uh, until so then, mark the calendars. Yeah, uh, mark your calendars. I was just going to say, uh, while we love you listeners, we would never treat you to a menu type situation. Uh, we're very thankful for all of you that give us any moment of your free time. Uh, we thank you. We love you. And uh, please don't make a mess of yourselves. Yeah.